Okay, here it is. This is from Yahoo. Uh, Wes, I think you'll like this one the most. Yahoo and Jose Mourinho look to find the next special one in football. Yahoo has launched its biggest ever social campaign as it looks to find the next special one. The hashtag special 1S campaign will be hosted on Tumblr and is fronted by Yahoo's global football ambassador, Jose Mourinho. Users can enter by sending a 10-second video of their best footballing skills either through the hashtag special 1S Tumblr page or with that same hashtag via Flickr, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, or Vine. In return, each entrant will receive a pre-recorded reply for Mourinho, such as a shake of the head or a nod of respect. Robert Bridge, VP of International Marketing at Yahoo, said football is a daily obsession for millions of us around the world. We wanted to capture that passion and create moments that are highly shareable and give fans the chance to get closer to Jose Mourinho through the Yahoo platform. The winner of the competition will receive a training session with Mourinho. So, the question is, is he going to get trained on parking the bus? Well, I mean, I think the biggest question is, how are the people going to get to the training session? Obviously, they'll take the bus. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, How are they going to get to Europe? The, the, it's it's across water. You can't take a bus across water. <laughs> What's Europe? Isn't it, is that like some country or something? It's, it's kind of like Wales. <laughs> It's a it's a country, not a continent, sort of you thing. Know, I, you know, I've never been there, so you can't actually prove to me that that exists. That's true. I can't. You know, you know, Wes. As we as we start episode one of the all new sports show, the podcast, I I can't help hearing there's another set of laughter going on, and I, I think we should go ahead and introduce the folks. Of course, it's kind of freaking me out. So maybe we can figure that out. It's uh, of course, it's Wes Bradshaw. I'm Edward Green. On the pod with us today is our special guest, Kelsey Puckett, new journalism major extraordinaire from the University of Michigan State. Yeah, I did that on purpose. And she yeah, is definitely just graduated. Pretty big news. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Real journalists? Ed, what have we devolved to when we have real journalism on this show? I have no idea. I mean, my journalism degree is bad enough, but now we're adding a second one? This is terrible. We're, we're 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 threatening legitimacy here, Wes. I don't I don't understand. And you know I didn't sign up for legitimacy. Come yeah. on. No, we are we are sub sub optimal here. But you guys, we love having you on here. Kelsey is going to be bringing us a wonderful uh, vantage point and just some great great insights. I uh, want to give you guys a quick rundown. Uh, we're going to be talking sport, of course, narrative twists and Suarez gifts in the world of soccer. We're also going to be talking a little bit World Cup and of course NFL draft with it just literally hours away potentially if you're listening to this on thursday uh we have a couple new games uh including my favorite that horse ain't dead yet where we talk about a bunch of stories that just will not die and then we'll hit the zeitgeist as we get to archer wes you had some theories last time we spoke and now we're gonna get to them we're also gonna talk a little uh sci-fi stuff with marvel dc and star wars uh, all making the news in the past week or so we're gonna get into the great debate as wes and kelsey debate mma versus wrestling and it's going to be fantastic they're gonna try to convince me why i should watch their sport and We'll, we'll, we'll then kick it off, we'll end the show uh, with a topic that uh, is a little spoilery and is uh, kind of enraging the internet right now. So you're going to want to put the kids to bed. 
uh, before that one, but we'll go ahead and sign off. So you can, if you want to remain spoiler-free or if you just want to maintain your, your sweet, innocent sensibilities, you can sign off from the podcast at that point. And for those of you who don't mind hearing about that kind of thing, well, we're just going to decimate you. But want to get first to, of course, if you want to hit us up, go to at All New Sports Show on Twitter. Go to us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Show. Email us, allnewsportshow at gmail.com. And if you want to send us anything, send us your letters, send us your ravens, send us stuff. Again, just don't mortgage your house. You can hit us at 1701 Sunset Avenue, Suite 201 in the palatial states that are the power plant in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, zip code 27804. Again, please don't mortgage your house on us. So before we get into the talk today, Wes, it's been a trying night, but you're finally on here. How are you doing? Oh man, uh, it's it's just another night in the life of me. Uh, Man City taking all three points today. Just starts the day with a, a nice kick in the gut for an old Liverpool fan here. Uh, then the child wants to watch nothing but the Minnie Mouse Clubhouse. Uh, and then the boy just won't go to bed. So, anyway, how's your night going, Ed? My night, and it's been going pretty good. I, I love it. I, I love what I saw today. Some great Premier League action. We also got some great topics to talk about other than that. And just, you know, things are going well right now. So I uh, also want to, you know, Kelsey, you just graduated last week. Uh, you're now welcome welcome to the world of real life. And uh, how, how are you doing tonight? I mean, I'm all right. Just watched a pretty awesome episode of Arrow, you know, got that huge nerd thing going on. And the season uh, finale is next week, so I'm pretty excited. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? You know what else is the season finale next week? Ag- Agents of Shield. That's a great show too, right? Right? Oh God, no! Oh God, no! <laughs> like, let's not even talk about it. <laughs> but... The only Shield I know about comes out on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> that is that is an entirely different type of Shield. Some might actually call it a better one, oh, but you got to give it another chance. But we will. I don't say... know. Both are pretty soap opera so. Oh, oh hush, <laughs> h- hush! How dare you? How dare you? But we will get to that. Me, damn it. <laughs> we will get to that later in the pod. We're going to lead off as we let off our pilot episode last time with soccer. And Wes is currently in mourning a little bit as we look at the Premier League table. No sooner had he asked whatever a Demba Ba is than he maybe makes the finishing blow in Liverpool's title chances. Of course, Liverpool losing 2-0 to Chelsea the Sunday after our first pod and then following it up. Three up at Crystal Palace, finally falling in the last 15 minutes. 3-3. They had a chance for all three points. Gave two back against Tony Pulis' team. And unfortunately, with Manchester City's win against Everton, 3-2. And then today, 4-0 against Aston Villa. Manchester City in front of the title race right now. They are 83 points. Liverpool, 81 points. Chelsea officially eliminated, but they're playing Champions League football next year, 79 so the question, Wes, is the title race over? You know, I completely blame you for this. You get me onto this podcast, and since this podcast has started, one point out of six. It's, it's obviously, all my fault. Obviously, this is completely your fault. Yeah, it's, it's all my fault. I, I am the one that made the captain slip on the turf at Anfield. I, it is all me. I apologize. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, for Steven Gerrard, that, that might be his legacy this year. 
Um, want to quickly throw it over to Kelsey. Kelsey, you've seen some of the gifts uh, of Suarez crying as well as Steven Gerrard crying after the game. Do, do they, as a true neutral, as a true neutral in this, does does it make your heart sore seeing Luis Suarez cry, or does it bring you to tears yourself seeing the captain Steven Gerrard just in complete and utter pain? I don't know. That's pretty tough being a Detroit sports fan. Like, of course, my heart kind of has to break for Gerard. Like, it just it's pretty brutal to be a part of a club for that long without winning a title. But also, Suarez is a horrible guy, so you have to laugh at that. Yes, yes, he is, and uh, he he is currently getting everything he deserves. But as we said, Steven Gerrard, the captain, someone neutrals around the league said, you know, if 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 Liverpool have to win it, then at least that guy can win it. He's a great guy. He's won just about everything you can win besides a Premier League title, and right, and just for him to be the one that went down in that Chelsea match, for Demba Ba to snatch it away, then is just. It is gut-wrenching. And then, obviously, the sights uh, against Crystal Palace this past Monday were just shocking, to say the least. I, I mean, Wes, you, you were a true Liverpool supporter through and through. We we, jo- we didn't joke, really, because we knew that with Crystal Palace coming on towards the end of the season, there was a chance that this would be a tough match for Liverpool on their way to try and win the Premier League title. But, my goodness, up th- Three nil after the seventy minute mark. You you had to think this one was in the bag. Two nil is the worst scoreline to own in world football. Three nil means you start to warm up the bus because you're going home with your three points. Uh, at three nil, I had no doubts, no problems. It was just man, maybe we can put five down today. And then all of a sudden, I got that first text. Oh, seventy ninth minute goal. Wow, 83rd minute goal. Wow, 88th minute goal. And um, my week's been just kind of downhill since then. So, uh, yeah, we're just going to leave it there. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, all hope not lost. Obviously, the goal differential right now currently stands at uh, City plus 13 over Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. But there is – so, obviously, City must lose and Liverpool must win. Uh, in order for Liverpool to reclaim the title. Of course, uh, City will be at home this Sunday. Uh, Liverpool, I believe, also at home? Correct. Home to Newcastle. Okay, and that is that is mid-table Newcastle. They currently are at 9th and 49, but they are a team in a ton of turmoil right now. You, you'd think they would be the end team that would be being relegated, but no, and want to quickly touch on that. Norwich City officially now going down. Uh, almost almost assuredly, they would have to make up an insane goal differential on West Bromwich Albion after Sunderland uh, had a big, big win today. The Black Hats are staying up. Uh, great escape act for Sunderland. Uh, Josie Altidore contributing almost nothing to that cause except his, his USA, USA, we're not going down. His, his grit and determination, like Captain America, he has risen from the ashes to, to brutally miss on goal today, but it doesn't matter. Sunderland are staying up, and Norwich, Fulham, and Cardiff are going down. Um, so, Wes, I, I, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more, I think, next week um, after, after Sunday's championship. If Liverpool don't win, on if they don't win the title, which looks increasingly likely they will not, how do you view this season? Because you've said, and no way going into the season did you think you'd have a, ch- a real chance at the title. 
No, I mean, from day one, the goal was to finish fourth. The goal was to somehow beat Arsenal to that fourth-place trophy, uh, get ourselves in the Champions League, and at that point, you get the extra revenue, uh, you get that extra, you know, just that showcase that you're playing top-flight European football, and at that point, you take the next step. No, I mean, yes, right now, it is gut-wrenching that we have given away the title race, but we're going to finish second, I mean, barring something crazy happening, we're finishing second. If you had given any Liverpool fan under the sun the opportunity, hey, you're going to finish second this year, there's no one in the world that would not have taken that. I mean, absolutely, we take it. It's a young core, especially up front. Up front, they are world-class in the strike. You know, you're going to have a nice little war chest this summer. You go out, you uh, solidify that defense, you add some depth, for Champions League, um, I actually believe I made a post on uh, you know, my beloved friends at LFC Raleigh. I believe I made a post today on their uh, Facebook page saying this is just the beginning of great things to come. You know, there's no reason to hang our heads this season. It sucks for Stevie G, you know, and you hope this isn't the last chance that he gets. But if they were that good this season, give them a defense next season, how much better can they be? And that, that is really, I think, the thing that just ended up killing them this year was was their defense, and it really showed against Crystal Palace, a team that was dreadful at scoring this year. To make up a 3-0 deficit like that is just, it just really reflects the, the glaring weakness of the team. This team is going to score with anybody, and right now, as we stand, is just... They've scored 99, which is way more than literally every other team except Manchester City, the team they're now chasing, who just put in their 100th goal today. Um, but you know, Like you also said, they're even on goals, basically, yet it's plus 13 for City. So, I mean, that, that's the whole key to it. You've got you've to somewhere stop them from leaking in. Um, you know, the Chelsea match, it hurt. It hurt just because of the way that Josie played football that day. Mm. Um, you know, it's kind of for a team with the riches of Chelsea. I just think it's a little embarrassing that you have to play that style of football, and it's just because he, he's scared to open it up because he feels he can get embarrassed somewhere. You know, I, I just I, I don't respect the way they played. Our Spet Mourinho is a manager. I think he's a great manager. But I just think that was a chicken way out. Uh, and, 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 I mean, basically, it was gifted to him. It was gifted to him. Stevie G slipped, and, and that's what happened. And, and you know, we, we actually have someone on the pod who's actually played legitimate soccer, Wes. So we can we can. Are you talk. telling me my fifth grade, my uh, five-year-old Wild League soccer league was not legitimate? <laughs> just, just just as my plane through six years old and, and the sleepy little farmer was not either. Uh, I picked more grass out of that uh, Rocky Mount Wild League soccer field than you will ever know. And more than I'd ever want to know. But uh, so we can actually, Kelsey, you played through high school, correct? Yes, I did. Okay, so you, 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 I know you're maybe not as familiar with you know everything going on in the Premier League, but you you've played uh, Jose Mourinho basically just parking the bus against a, the stronger side Liverpool. You know, as as a player who's played the game, what what do you think about that tactic? Do you do you like that tactic? Do you do you think that's a shameful way of going about things? What what, what are your thoughts? honestly don't mind it like I just like I think you got to do anything you can to win like I don't really like have any issue with it at all 
Yeah, that's and that's and that's what I think, and I think you know just it sucks for Liverpool, like, and it sucks that they gave away basically two goals to a team that had no intention of scoring. But you know what? I mean, we talked about it before that game, and Chelsea were already fielding a weaker side. It's it's a little disappointing that that's what it came to, but in that moment for that game. That was the proper tactic. There's no way that Chelsea side was going to score against Liverpool with with the depleted side that they had. Their only hope was to send everybody back, and especially without their main goalkeeper, who you know is world class, Peter Cech. May, may I add something to that? That quote, depleted side uh, versus the Liverpool first team side. The depleted side costs sixty million more pounds, by the way. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. depleted the depleted side was still a bunch of international footballers who uh, you'll see at the World Cup this summer. Yeah, air quotes do not translate well in an audio only podcast. Um, <laughs> but that's that's how the title race is basically going. Uh, obviously this is Championship Sunday. Check it out on the various NBC networks. They'll be covering every game. The two right now that I, well, actually, I guess there's four right now that actually matter. Obviously, uh, Manchester City's game, if they win or draw, they are title winners. Uh, if they lose, things are dicey, depending if Liverpool win, uh, then they can steal it away. Also of note are the uh, the final Europa spot is actually still up for grabs. Um, there you go, Ed. There you go, buddy. Yeah, my team, Tottenham Hotspur, are currently at 66 points and in sixth place. Uh, Manchester United at 63 and with an, a much better goal differential. Uh, Hotspur only need a result this Sunday against Aston Villa, and they will be playing Thursday night football next year, the best kind of football in the worst possible way. Uh, the, qu- it, the, question, the question is, Ed... What what is your desired result? I want to go to Europa because I believe we'll be able to be more marketable to to players coming in, and that's literally the only reason. I hate of, Europa. Of course, I believe is is it next year that they're saying if you win Europa, or is it start this year? If you win Europa, you get a Champions League spot. I think it's next year. Well, there you go. We'll check on that, and and that's that's one more reason to be in it. I don't. Europa is just this. Just so much garbage. It's just all the 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 relegated teams from the Champions League, and if, until you get to like, if we could get an automatic berth to like the round of sixteen in in Europa, I wouldn't be so upset about it. But having to go through the group stage, the joke that it is. I mean, we 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 literally won every match, just going away, just going away. Like it it benefited us none to play those. Uh, matches in these sometimes terrible arenas in horrible traveling distances. But at the end of the day, the players want to play European football, and that's what they're signing up for. So Europa's better than nothing, even though it kind of sucks. So that's how they stand right now, though. Manchester United, to get into Europa, never thought we'd be saying that. Um, but you know, Manchester United must win and then hope Hotspur lose against Aston Villa on Sunday. So that is your Premier League table, uh, and your update there. Want to quickly just go over, uh, Real Madrid actually drew in their match day against Real Valladolid. 
And uh, they are now in a little bit of trouble trying to win the Spanish Premier Division. Atletico Madrid, with two matches left, is at 88. Mm. Barcelona is at 85. And Real Madrid is at 84. All three are going to Champions League next year. The question is, can Real uh, catch... Atletico Madrid can Barcelona catch them? We shall see. Each team so, has. So, are, are we throwing out? Are we going to throw out some uh, predictions here? Um, sure. You, you do you have a prediction? I, I think Atletico's going to belong. I have multiple predictions. Uh, first of all, um, I say Atletico wins La Liga. Real wins Champions League. I so, can see that happening. I believe Real is going to win Champions League, Atletico, uh, La Liga. And um, right now, Ed, I'm going to give you the exclusive. I'm going to tell you how the Premier League season is going to end and Liverpool is going to be your champions. Okay, go ahead. This is going to be Because, of course, Newcastle is going to be Newcastle. Liverpool's winning that one 5-1. No, no problems with the win on, on Sunday. And then, Ed, in just a beautiful twist of irony, Big Andy, the big Geordie bomb, who could not make it at Liverpool for more than a season, Andy Carroll, in the 89th minute, is going to put that big, prompt-looking head of his through on a header. West Ham 2, Man City 1, Liverpool are your champions. So we, we have a reverse Man City QPR from two years ago? Exactly. With Andy Carroll with Andy Carroll and Stuart Downing uh, becoming worth every penny that Liverpool paid for them to absolutely suck for two years. All right, well, if, if, if Everton can kill uh, Liverpool's chances, then those two guys can bring them back up. There you go. All uh, right. just, just like with Barini, we, uh, we scattered our uh, secret agents around the Premier League this year. Oh, yes, you did. Very, very well done. Um, want to give a quick update also, uh, Brazil has named their 23-man uh, World Cup roster. Uh, some notables left out, although I don't think they're all too surprising, uh, including Ronaldinho and Kaká. Um, in, though, are, is goalkeeper Julio Cesar, who is currently at Toronto FC. Uh, you have defenders like Danny Alves, Maicon, Marcelo, and Dante, and David Luiz. Uh, midfielders, including Polinho from Tottenham, Ramirez and Oscar from Chelsea, and Fernandinho from Manchester City. And forwards like Hulk, who's at Zenit St. Petersburg, and just one of the great names. And, of course, the wonder kid himself, who has been a little shaky this year at Barcelona, but Neymar. Uh, Kelsey, you actually said you had some thoughts on Brazil's uh, 23-man World Cup roster and their chances going into the 2014 World Cup when we talked earlier tonight. Oh, well, I definitely think that Brazil's going to win it all. I think the home crowd advantage will be huge for them. And then they have a really talented defense with a lot of solid players. Like, one thing I think will be huge for them is, like, their mix of veteran players and youths, so they don't have to worry about tired legs. And also, like, you got to think it's Neymar's time to break out, don't you? I, I think especially after missing a point-blank goal that could have tied it up in the Copa del Rey just a few weeks ago, I think he has to come back with a vengeance. I think you're right. He, he had a little bit of a party coming out uh, in the Confederations Cup last year, in Brazil, which was also in Brazil. But I think this could be really his time to shine and, and really get that home side excited about this young prodigy. And maybe maybe this is the time he finally puts it all together. Uh, Wes, you've been saying forever, no European team is going to win this World Cup. Uh, I'm pretty sure you still hold on to that. Uh, that's correct. No European teams this year. Um, that said, I'm not picking Brazil. I think that defense, which is so star-studded, I think that's going to be their weak point. And the reason I say it is 
is um, I feel that you've got too many guys there who think that they're attackers. I think you got too many guys who think they're attackers. Uh, David Luiz, uh, that has obviously been his problem all season. Uh, at Chelsea, um, I think guys like Thiago Silva, they want to get forward. They want to be pretty. They want to score goals. They want to do it in front of the home crowd. And I think that's going to be their fall point this year. So where, where, how far, Kelsey has said they will win it all, how far do you see Brazil advancing? Well, uh, at the worst, they'll be Final Four. I, okay. I just think it will be sweet irony to see Argentina take them out in the final. No, we can't have Argentina. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean like that. What can I say? Any, anybody but Argentina, just, just so we don't have to hear the you didn't wins. Um, and that, obviously, also a lot has been going on. Just to get you guys updated, there is a lot of worry right now in what's going on uh, in the lead up to the World Cup. Washington Post actually put out an article today, uh, article titled "Brazilian Officials Are Giving Up on Some Unfinished World Cup Projects," and they just have this big picture here uh, that's a view of the unfinished media and television center at Curitiba's World Cup Stadium in Curitiba. Uh, it says the center will not be ready in time for the World Cup, and instead, owners Atlético Paranaense, a first division soccer team, will use it for administration purposes, while FIFA will put the media intense in the parking lot alongside i'll throw this question up to either of you guys i think this this world cup for brazil has not put them in the best light and obviously with the olympics in 2016 there's got to be a lot of worry what do you guys think what what are we going to see structurally and and just brazil as a host nation for this world cup well, I honestly just think this is kind of funny after, like, Sochi just happened with all the issues with them uh, not having anything done. And I think it makes Brazil look really bad, and you kind of have to worry about the preparation for the Olympics. Like, you don't know how they're going to actually, like, get everything together in time. I, I think that's a great uh, worry. And I think I actually read in, in the article today, one of the people with the uh, U.S. Olympic Committee actually said that um, it's the worst I have experienced as far as the city's preparation. Though he later added he was confident the city could still deliver excellent games. Uh, Wes, do you believe they can deliver excellent games both in the Summer Olympics and in the World Cup? I think it's going to be a complete train wreck. I mean, you know, from what we saw from the Confederations Cup, yeah. um, I mean, it, it hasn't gotten better. Yeah, and it's not just it's not just it's the tough. infrastructure in place. It's also all the protests that were going on during the Confederation Cup as well. Exactly. Um, I just I think I don't think they have the infrastructure in the entire country to really handle what's about to happen. Um, I think we could really see some problems. I just really hope that nothing, uh, you know, in the way of uh, unfortunately to think of a you know a terrorist attack or something because I don't see where there could be a proper timely response if something like that did happen. Yeah, it's it's going to be really really interesting to see how Brazil handles this and uh, if if it goes really badly if it could affect the 2016 Summer Olympics as well. Gotta hope everything goes well though, and then we have a good safe World Cup. Um, Want to switch gears now, guys? We're gonna go from football to football. Obviously, the NFL draft is going on this week. Finally, it's it's here. We can stop doing mock drafts. We can just get to the actual picks. Um, talk about, uh, Wes, we'll start with you. 
the NFL draft, we talked a little bit about last time, but this thing is just becoming so huge. Uh, the NFL is just becoming omnipresent. Uh, what are you looking for, though, in the NFL draft? And more importantly, how much are you actually going to be watching? Uh, I'm not going to watch it at all, pretty much. Um, I, I'm a guy who I used to be a diehard draft guy. And, um, and then ESPN realized that there were people out there who enjoyed the draft. So ESPN figured, man, let's just talk about the draft 24-7, 365 days a year. It's much more important than the season or college football or anything else. No, the draft is the most important thing. So I'm actually quite sick of the draft. That said, I think Johnny Manziel is going to be a good player. Well, we are going to get to him in just a minute, but uh, Kelsey, I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, as a Detroit Lions fan and, a, and another bit of a <laughs> bit of a rebuilding mode a little bit, you guys have some talent there, but Honestly, obviously not rebuilding. That's, that's, that could be said about almost anything in Detroit. Um, but we, so here we go, NFL Draft, what are you excited about? Honestly, I'm really excited to see what we'll do with our pick because I've heard several things like maybe Detroit trades up for Sammy Watkins, which would be insane to have him right next to Calvin Johnson. Like, I don't think there's uh, any pair of wide receivers in the league that could be that intense. But I think that would be exciting. But also our secondary is garbage. So hopefully we upgrade that or our offensive line just Basically, our whole team. <laughs> <laughs> well, you kind of you kind of sound like that's the exact uh, the draft needs that the Panthers have. We obviously uh, the Carolina Panthers need uh, some wide receiving help. Uh, I don't think the players they've gotten free agency are really going to do it. Jericho Cotri, notwithstanding, obviously, great, great North Carolina product. Um, but other guys, you know, just bringing them in, obviously they need some offensive line help and some defensive secondary help. So it's going to be interesting to see what, uh, David Gettleman has as his plan. Cause for the first time in a long time, it seems like the Panthers actually have a plan. So we'll be fun to see what he has going forward in the draft. And now with that being said, that is going to lead us right into a new game. We're going to be playing Wes. You played last week. Would you rather, did you enjoy it? Sure, why wouldn't I enjoy it? Oh, of course you did. So now we're going to play a game called That Horse Ain't Dead Yet. These are topics that have been beaten to the brink of death, but we are going to talk about them because we're a sports podcast, allegedly. And we we have to touch on these, but we're going to touch on them as little as possible. So we have four topics, and I want five word or less answers from you guys. First topic, and we're going to start with Kelsey. Kelsey, finish this sentence in five words or less. Jadavian Clowney will be. A physical freak who... Ooh, five words or less, no. <laughs> Just, can I go with physical freak? Yes, you can go with a physical All right. freak. <laughs> All right, Wes, what say you, good sir? The truth. The truth is he the new Paul Pierce? Is that what you're saying? The truth. He uh, he will make Julius Peppers look like uh, look like Tony Mandrich. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, Wes. Let's start with you on this one. Uh, you've already given your a little bit of thought about him, but five words or less. Johnny Manziel will be blank. Amazing. Good analysis. He's amazing. Good analysis, Kelsey. What say you in five words or less? Not worth first pick. 
right. <laughs> I honestly don't like his off-field antics, and I don't think that what he's going to do on the field will transfer to the NFL. Well, you know, I mean, it will be if Cleveland takes him. There's nothing to do in Cleveland, so it might be hard for him to get in trouble there. Uh, it's yeah, not, I just don't it, see how he sustains his uh, athletic abilities like for several years. Like, sure, maybe a defense won't be able to figure him out his first or second year, but I don't see that happening for much longer. Yeah, it will be. We will be keeping an eye on him. The much touted, much talked about, too much talked about Johnny Manziel. And that's all we're going to talk about him. Um, but so we're going to go to a, the last two parts of that horse ain't dead yet. But we're going to shift to baseball. So, Kelsey, I'm going to start with you on this one. End this sentence in five words or less. When I hear talk about Yasmin Puig, I blank. I think he's improved at the plate a lot this year. I think he's an electrifying player, and he's adjusted well in his second year. He's become more patient. Your your Michigan State education has not afforded you the ability to count to five. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Oh, Wes, can you save us and in, and in five words or less give us your take on this? I chuckle. Cartoon character. <laughs> That that's that's how the game is played. Yes, the, the, the <laughs> antics versus the talent. It, we've we saw with Johnny Manziel. We've seen it with Jadavian Clowney, and and we've seen it with Yasmin Puig. Three very polarizing figures, and this these will either be the future generation of a sport, or will completely obliterate it. And for our final, this that horse ain't dead yet. I here we go. When people talk and debate about Mike Trout versus Miguel Cabrera, I want to blank. Wes, five words or less. Oh, Mike Trout all day. Younger. Just better all around. Kelsey, I feel like I know where you're going to go with this, but go ahead. Triple crown, period. That's all I have to say. All right. So, <laughs> He's 23. I don't care. <laughs> I still don't care. <laughs> Best hitter in baseball, hands down. <sighs> Best right. player in baseball, hands down. All right. Well, before you guys embrace debate a little too much here, we are going to move on. I want to do another really quick thing. Um, Wes, I just want to get your take on this because this popped up on my phone uh, yesterday. Uh, Mariana Rivera has apparently written a book. I don't know if you know this. Uh, and he wrote in said book that uh, Robinson Cano doesn't burn to be the best. And he praised Dustin Pedroia. I want to know two things, Wes Bradshaw. One, what are your thoughts on this? An, a Yankee praising a Red Sox. And two, why does ESPN think I care? Um, oh, here's my thing on it. A, I think he's spot on. Um, you know, just just look at the two. Pedroia took less money to stay somewhere he had a chance to keep winning World Series titles. Uh, Cano took as much money as he could get to go somewhere where, where he may never see the playoffs again. Um, you know, Pedroia is actually kind of on the same somewhat career path that Rivera was. Rivera took less money over the years to stay with the Yankees because – you know, that was the organization that brought him up, gave him his break, and gave him the best chance to win. Same thing with Pedroia. You know, no, nowhere else in the country would uh, would they value Pedroia like the Red Sox do. 
Um, as for ESPN, I've, I've just about completely given up on ESPN as an entity. Um, call me when college football gets here with those guys. All right. And Kelsey, I'll throw that first question to you. Uh, what, what do you uh, take out of Mariana Rivera's comments? cares <laughs> like really who cares <laughs> i think that's a pretty good response and uh it's i will say this uh, he is the one yankee i have ever come close to actually respecting uh he's just he, he's just what one about of, the captain man oh the legend of captain jeets oh i'll be so sorry to see that go oh the most <laughs> overrated shortstop ever in the history of baseball my god let's 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 really throw him the the greatest going away party so, ever so, somebody sounds like they didn't get a care package the next morning <laughs> No, I'm, I'm, I, I was going to say something, and I believe that I would be thrown off immediately. So I'm not going to say that, and instead, I'm simply going to talk about the next topic we're going to get to. And that is a transition from the world of sports to our wonderful coverage of the zeitgeist. Wes, we wanted to talk about it last week, and we got a little sidetracked from soccer. So <laughs> we're going to talk about it this week. Have you seen the season finale of Archer? Yes, and unfortunately I've forgotten most of it at this point, but uh, let's talk anyway. Let's talk, obviously, uh, and Kelsey also is a pretty big fan of Archer, so she's going to be able to chime in here too some. Archer just completed its fifth season, Archer Vice. They have called it a, a take on the Miami coke-dealing, glitzy world of crime, and it, it, it had its hits, it had its misses. Overall, we got some new things. We got We got slapping. Slapping is, is a new great thing in the Archer lexicon. Uh, we They tried to lose phrasing. They tried their hardest, but they couldn't do it, and it came in right back at the end. Uh, phrasing So is, let me get this right. We are still doing phrasing. Oh, we're still – oh, we are obviously still doing phrasing. Thank which, God. It was going to be a hard one without it. <laughs> phrasing. Well. <laughs> so – you, you, although you mentioned last time we talked, Wes, that you had some thoughts on on the the show as a whole, and I think especially Krieger. So I want to get your thoughts on those and just what what you thought of season five of Archer. Okay, I have to recollect these thoughts. Like I said, it's been a few weeks. I've moved on shows since then. Oh no! Um, and we've had a WWE pay per view, so it's hard for me to. <laughs> Um, as for it, I mean, I enjoyed the season. Anytime you, uh, anytime you bring Smokey and the Bandit into play, uh, for, a, for an episode, I'm all in. Um, I love Pam's Coke addiction. That was just wonderful. Uh, and, uh, it really interested me to see it, the latter part of the season. She was actually starting to feel the effects of the fact that her diet was made of nothing but cocaine for however long this season went on for. So a um, little realism there, you know, they just want to sprinkle a little bit of realism in there. Did we like, did we like hot Pam? Did we, did we enjoy hot Pam? I, I, I liked hot Pam. I totally thought she was more interesting as a character this season. Like the whole Coke addiction really added to her. Well, she, she's an agent. Yeah. You know, she was made an agent just before ISIS was uh, shut down by the CIA. Uh, or excuse me, the FBI. <laughs> yes. right here. Um, you know, so she was she was set for a larger role as it was. Um, I don't want to say she passed her test with flying colors. <laughs> Does anybody at ISIS pass their test with flying colors, though? Really? Well, uh, whatever you may think of Krieger, I just think Krieger's fantastic. But um, 
Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens going forward. You know, season six, uh, will Pam be over her coke addiction and be back to good old Pam, or what are we going to see? Well, and I, uh, we were talking about this. Archer Vice really felt like a one-off season, like this, and, and even the ending of it pretty much is a is a bit of a reset button. There, it seems like there's going to be an ISIS again. There's going to be, they're going to be going back out on missions. They're going to have money again. So it's going to be interesting to see if they put them right back in New York or if they put them somewhere else. I thought this season was fantastic. I thought hearing Danger Zone in a country way, even though I hate country, it was just tremendous. The whole Kenny Loggins episode was great. Um, and and the, the, the last little stretch there um, of them going to San Marcos and, and, and doing everything with them. Um, and especially uh, the tiger bit. The tiger was just great i loved the tiger um it's like what did you expect would happen uh so there was just a lot of great moments and um this was probably one of my favorite seasons of archer overall i think there, there were definitely some down moments but i i just i loved the change up i loved trying to reinvent some of these characters. I loved what they did with Cyril towards the end. I think that could be good going forward. And just even those last few minutes uh, with Archer and Lana talking on the plane, I think are a very interesting way of setting up the next season. I, wh- what do you guys think overall? Um, well, I thought it was going to be a bad season when I watched that first episode and they had all the flash forwards at the end there. And this I thought that was going to be really strange, and it confused me a lot, but as it went on, I thought it got pretty funny, and it was a nice change-up in pace uh, compared to the other seasons. All right, and Wes, what did you think? Um, I enjoyed it. You know, sometimes I don't look into it as deeply as I should. Sometimes the second time I watch it, I kind of take it in. I mean, I, I enjoyed my first watchings. I really just enjoyed it. It just it was a fun year, you know, Um Cheryl Carroll being a country music singer. I don't think that ever really took off as much as um, we thought it was going to. I I really think we thought the show was going to center a little more around her and it didn't. Um, But uh, the president of San Marcos, obviously being her biggest fan, that was quite fun. Uh, Cyril thinking he was in charge for a while was fun. And um, Hey, we met Shane, the tiger. You can't ever. Oh, there's nothing like Shane the Tiger. Shane the Tiger and and Slater might be the two best additions to the oh. cast this year. And and and, uh, and there were Krieger clones. I will <laughs> I'll leave it on that. And the Creek Tober. Yeah, yeah. En- enjoy that, Kelsey. You have Krieger clones to look forward to. Um, so <laughs> yeah. Um, also, want to mention uh, I don't think either of you guys actually watched Community, but that show actually just ended. It's fifth season a couple weeks ago on a pretty high note. It was a good season. Dan Harmon, the original showrunner, came back after being basically fired for season four. And then I think Sony and NBC realized the error of their ways and got him to come back. So it it was a much better season over season four. Some great episodes, including um, basic intergluteal numismatics, uh, which basically was the story of the ass crack bandit. Um, and if you've ever seen the movies like Seven, or if you've seen uh, Zodiac, any of those like uh, criminal thriller movies with a just a bad, bad dude, it was a great send-up of those sorts of episodes. And a, also a great song 
by one Ben Folds in there. So if you watch only one episode from Season 5 of Community, make it that one. But there was a lot of fun times there. Um, we will now move on to our next topic on the rundown, and that is a little news uh, from the big three uh, sci-fi movie things, I guess, that are coming out right now, although Marvel is making its way into TV. Uh, so we'll actually start with Marvel. Uh, Kelsey, I know you're a big uh, comic book fan. You're a big nerd fan. Um, your your initial impressions on Marvel basically saying, not only are we good on movie ideas for the next, oh, 14, 15 years, but we're also going to come out with some more TV shows. I think it's great, and I also am kind of scared about it, just based off of how bad uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was. <laughs> But I'm hoping that the Netflix TV series, like with Daredevil and Luke Cage, will be a little bit better. Since I don't think the quality of, uh, like, it's on ABC, right? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, I think that will be a lower quality than a Netflix uh, production. It's like, say, like, House of Cards is a Netflix production, and that's great. So, like, I think that will be good. Um, my biggest issue with Marvel right now is uh, I think they're actually straying from the comics and they don't care about it because they seem like they're in it for the money a little bit more now. Is, is, this, like, where, is this where we fight viciously for 30 minutes about Iron Man 3's merits? Oh my god, please don't make me do that. No, we're not going to. We're not going to, and I, we're not going to only because there is no way I'm going to change your mind about it and there's no way you're going to change mine. I'm sorry, Iron Man 3 is garbage. It's bad. It is the worst like comic book movie I've seen in a long, long time. And that's coming from like Robert Downey Jr.'s biggest fan. Not even close to the worst. Um, so, anyway. <laughs> I just want to smack you. I'm going to reach through this call and smack you. <laughs> no. Um, we're, we're also going to talk a little bit about DC. Uh, the big news there. Zack Snyder... Uh, has been officially signed on, big surprise, to do the Justice League movie, which he will start on right after Batman vs. Superman. And hey, maybe Superman will break Batman's neck too. So we'll see how that one plays out. Obviously, Zack Snyder, loved by some, hated by others. Um, Kelsey, what do you think? And Wes, anytime you want to jump in on this too, you go You go right I'll, I'll let y'all handle the comic books and uh, superheroes. I'm good. <laughs> good there. Thank you. <laughs> You're, you're, you're getting out of my range of expertise here. I really <laughs> like the Dark Knight, though. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right. Well, okay, my thoughts on the Justice League movie and Zack Snyder. Basically, I think Zack Snyder did a great job with Watchmen and 300, but I don't think that he did a very good job with Superman. That being said, Superman's a really crappy character to work with because he can do everything and he's really boring. And yeah, he's just, he's a boring character. There's like really like only one weakness that he has and it's just stupid. But I think that DC's rushing it a lot and I don't think they should rush into a Justice League movie. I think they should go ahead and take their time and make it quality over quantity and just kind of worry more about like, just, yeah, the overall quality of their movies. Because Green Lantern seemed rushed and wasn't a great movie. Like, I think the one thing DC has going for them is that their TV is actually a lot higher quality than Marvel's right now. 
with Arrow, and then they're making a Flash series coming up soon too. Have you have you seen? I actually haven't yet. I I know it's been posted. Have you seen any of the trailers for Gotham? I have not. I have I haven't either. Oh wow, we did our preparation. Um, <laughs> well, I, I Gotham for those of you who do not know is supposed to be a young. Uh, Batman, basically, but it's supposed to focus mostly on Commissioner Gordon uh, and how his he kind of rises through the ranks. I think Batman starts off, or Bruce Wayne, I guess, starts off as a young child in this one. So it'll be interesting to see how they try to roll that in, which I've also heard is separate from both the Dark Knight trilogy and I think even the current ones they're trying to make with Ben Affleck as Batman. So, so you're telling me we're not going to get Ben Affleck's children as uh, playing the young Bruce Wayne? No, unfortunately <laughs> I do not believe that's who they cast in that role. Alright, All right, I'm back out. This is not something Ben Affleck can screw up. So he's, he's had such a good track record, we'll have to see how he does as Batman. And the last big uh, sci-fi slash comic book slash... Yo, all I gotta say, he was the bomb in Phantoms. Yeah, Phantoms, <laughs> Phantoms and Daredevil. Phantoms and Daredevil. Just great. Uh, anyway, uh, Star Wars, the big uh, cast reveals have been met. Um, obviously, the biggest news is that uh, the three biggest people from the original trilogy are coming back. Uh, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, and Han Solo, uh, played by their respective people who are Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and... Harrison Ford! I should have written that down. And because we were just talking about Harrison Ford like an hour ago. So you're telling me you remember Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill, yet can't remember the biggest star of the 80s in Harrison Ford? I don't know what's wrong. Once again, I'm, I'm back out of this. Save us with your opinions on the Star Wars casting. Okay, well, I think it's great that Star Wars... Like, is coming back, but I'm also really scared about it. Who knows what J.J. Abrams is going to do with it. But, hey, he, like, made Star Trek enjoyable, and I was never a big Trekkie. Um, but I really, like, I don't know about bringing back the original characters, because they're so old and just weird-looking now. Like, <laughs> just, I don't see how... <laughs> What? <laughs> Carrie, Carrie Fisher did not hold up well. She did not age yeah, like... Apparently she had to get on some intense diet and training uh, to even be in this movie, so I don't know how she's going to look. Like, it's going to ruin a bunch of nerds' like fantasies when they see like not-so-attractive Princess Leia. Like, I mean, I know that's every like big Star Wars fan. They love the Princess Leia slave costume, so it's going to ruin... I mean, we've seen that trope in literally every genre television show slash movie i mean a show i talked that i just finished watching about a month ago and i know you've watched chuck in season mm -hmm. one um god i am terrible with names tonight yvonne strofsky's character uh sarah she dresses yeah. up yeah she dresses up as princess leia so obviously yeah that's like the big big mental picture from that time period that everybody was crazy about to put it mildly um but yeah it's gonna be interesting uh there's been talk that harrison ford obviously from him being kind of crotchety old man at this point and just already in the original series didn't want to i don't say didn't want to be there but he wanted to get killed off i think he's gonna get his wish probably in episode one or not episode one episode seven god those 
friggin' prequels. Um, but I think I think it'd actually be cooler to see him get killed in episode eight, to have that a little bit of symmetry with him getting frozen at the end of five, and then actually getting killed off at eight. I think it'd be the middle one would be a nice little symmetry there. But we'll have to see what J.J. Abrams does with the franchise. You you said you like Star Trek movies he made. I also was not a anything to do with Star Trek. I watched one and I thought it was very good. I, I watched two and I thought it was okay. I think Benedict Cumberbatch basically saved the entire film, um, in my opinion. But I think Benedict Cumberbatch is great in literally everything he does. So I'm probably biased on that. All right. That's, that's all the most geek that we're going to get. Oh, wait. No, it's not. We're going to get way geekier, but combine it with sports. Because, guys, it's time for the great debate <laughs> yeah we're not gonna we're not gonna put what i had in parenthesis on the rundown this is even even though this carries the explicit tag there's things we <laughs> I, would, I would really not like to be lumped in with uh star trek star wars anything that happened in outer space thank you <laughs> but we gotta go to space wes we have to go to space that's that's it we gotta we gotta go to space we gotta take the, we gotta take the sports show to space one day. I'm not going to space. <laughs> Just not. I'm staying here. Oh, fine. Be that way. But right now we're gonna do the great debate. Um, two topics that I know you guys both care deeply, deeply, deeply about. You each are gonna take one side of this, and basically what we're gonna do we're gonna have a debate, and I want you guys to try to convince me and everybody else who doesn't follow either of these things why we should start following them. Kelsey, you are going to be on the side of Mixed Martial Arts, a.k.a. MMA. Wes, you are going to take up the belt. You are going to be promoting wrestling. So I want you guys to try and convince me why I should watch your product. Kelsey, we're going to start with you. Tell me why I should care about MMA. Okay, well, for anyone who doesn't know, like MMA or Mixed Martial Arts fighting is like a combination of several martial arts forms like karate and judo and then as well as they mix in wrestling and boxing and it just like the overall skill required to even fight in this in like say the UFC division is just amazing because you have guys who specialize in say like takedowns and like ground game or you have guys who are just straight up like heavy hitters and can just knock you out like every like my match that they fight. I don't just honestly I don't see how you can even lump these two together because one is a soap opera for grown men like dancing around in panties and the other is an actual sport. So <laughs> Sorry, Wes. <laughs> I'm, I'm not that much going to disagree with what she just said, but that therefore there lies the reason in character development. I mean, and I would just like to challenge you to name me three popular MMA fighters right now. <laughs> and I'm, I'm waiting. And, and then I would just like for you to name three popular WWE superstars right now. Well, you know, I can't. I only know those because I hear you talk about them. So I'd say Seamus, uh, The Miz, and Daniel Bryan. 
And we're not even getting into the shield. John Cena, Bray Wyatt, and his fantastic work on the microphone. And, of course, don't forget such icons as Hulk Hogan, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and my personal favorite, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. I mean, Ed, <laughs> what just happened two weeks ago? A guy who has not wrestled for over 20 years, the Ultimate Warrior, drops dead, and it's on the cover of every newspaper in the world. Yeah, it's a little different than uh, Chris Benoit. Um, Kelsey, and you you love Chris Benoit. So. I love Chris Benoit. Bring back Benoit. You can't you can't censor this podcast. WWE. And it just earlier this week at the Extreme Rules pay per view, Daniel Bryan did a diving headbutt from the top of a forklift, and Chris Benoit would have been proud if he had been able to watch it, which he can't because he's dead. I digress. But, Ed, I mean, just the pure, sheer entertainment value of it, that weekly drama where you have to tune in so you know what's going to happen in the world. There's nothing like the WWE. Kelsey, how do you respond? I just honestly don't get the draw to that. It's like, it's honestly, you sit there and all the fights are pre-decided and it's just all about the ratings and everything. And I just... How do you like something like that when it's pre-decided? And I don't understand because, like, sorry, I'm just so worked up about this, like, comparing the two. Because one's a real sport and one isn't. Like, sure, it might take some skill to, like, not hurt the other, like, wrestlers, a.k.a. actors. But I just don't see how they're even considered athletes. Well, I'll, here's here's my final rebuttal. I guess I come back with is uh, a man who just made a lot of noise in the WWE, Brock Lesnar, the man who uh, defeated the Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania. I mean, do more people know Brock Lesnar as a former UFC World Champion, or as the man who just broke the Undertaker's streak? I mean that that is your that is your that's your guy right there. He's been I feel in like both. That's who you asked. He's though. excelled in both. He is known as the man who destroyed the streak, as Paul Heyman likes to tell us every week, over and over and over and over again. Here's here's where I'll interject here. I, I think I think that it's easier to get bigger in WWF or just God, man, did I WWE Ed. E. WWF is the World Wildlife Foundation, just to throw that out there. <laughs> I think that it's one of those things where it's easier to get big in the WWE because it is scripted and because they are going to push certain people. You know, they're not going to push uh, Buff Bagwell anymore. They're going to be pushing these young guys. He's, he's still pushing somewhere, though. <laughs> he's, no, he's pushing someone. Cha-ching. <laughs> We're just totally... Yeah. Yeah, he's uh he's a male prostitute. So moving on though, it's easier to push yeah. It's easier to push these guys when when that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to market. I feel like MMA and UFC are more about the actual product. And Kelsey, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I feel like it'd be easier to blow up um from WWE than in MMA. Having said that, I still remember, I think this was just after Christmas, when you tweeted me a video that I quote-unquote had to watch (laughs) of a man's (laughs) leg breaking. Anderson Silva? Anderson Silva, the the Brazilian one. And it's 
it's just it's horrifying to watch but then you think that these are real guys who are putting you know their lives on a line in a real way here and it just i think that can also make for very compelling television um and i think it basically comes down to what do you want more do you want a more entertainment product or do you want a more sport product and uh, on that i will give you guys each about a minute to kind of make your closing arguments here wes i will start with you Hey, Ed, I'm from Rocky Mount. I don't need more violence in my life. <laughs> so that's, that's I guess that's my trump card. But no, I mean, and really, I'm, I'm not arguing that one is so much better than the other. There's one that I prefer. Um, you know, I was I never really got into MMA that much. Uh, I've liked wrestling since I was a kid, and now my kid likes wrestling. So it just kind of pushes the whole table for us. Um, but, you know, hey, it's a show we can watch a couple times a week. Uh, like we said, it's good character development. Uh, you know, it does have the action, the in the ring action. And part of the fun of being what I, I, per, I call myself as a smart, uh, which, you know, I, I understand what's going on a little bit behind it as well as what's going on in the ring. I still enjoy, you know, it, to me, it's fun trying to guess where the twist is going to come and what is going to happen. Because no matter how much it is scripted and how much you think you know what's going to happen, you know, they can always throw a wrench in everything you're thinking. Sometimes they will literally throw a wrench. Uh, Kelsey, you're... Yeah, that actually did happen. <laughs> so. Go ahead, Kelsey. Okay, well, UFC, I think it's a lot better just because, yes, it is real. And, like, you actually feel for the fighters. Like, these are guys, they're not making much money doing this. They're doing it because they love it. And they're doing it because they're good at it. And that's why I think it's easier to kind of, like, fall in love with some of the fighters and watch them, like, as they progress. Like, say, my favorite fighter, John Jones, is the youngest uh, light heavyweight um, title holder in history. And he's amazing to watch, and he's a great guy. And you just see, like, guys going out there and just giving it their all. And you don't get that sort of, uh, like, feel-good side of it with, like, a predetermined fight on WWE. Well, I think those are both some great arguments. You guys have made your cases very well. Uh, I am going to call it a draw because I'm awesome like that, and I don't want anybody mad at me. I'm so it's kind of like we wrestled to the 20-minute time limit. <laughs> Who's that coming in the ring now? Oh, no. Well, it's I, I, I will retain my belt this week. So. <laughs> well, we're going to leave it up to you guys at home if uh, you want to chime in on it. Chime in on our various social medias, facebook.com slash Show or Twitter, at All New Sports Show. Tell us who you think won. Tell us who you agreed with. We want to hear from you. All right, guys, uh, that's going to be close to doing it for us today. I'm going to go ahead and tease our next episode here. Of course, there's going to be more soccer. we got to do Coronation Street. we got to have a champion, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk a little more World Cup. And, of course, there's still a few more big tournaments going on. And we'll also get uh, more La Liga stuff as well. There's going to be more wrestling. Wes is going to bring you another fantastic update from what's going on in the world of men tackling each other. Um, and women on a couple of separate matches. That's, that is that <laughs> is true. you, you got to love those girls coming up from the NXT matches straight up and winning the Diva matches. Um, more, uh, All the TV is ending, guys. It's May, which means literally every show is ending right now. So we're going to have a bunch more season finales to talk about. Uh, we can actually care about NBA and NHL playoffs right now. 
uh, now that we're out of the first round in both, we can start really actually caring. So who knows, Wes and I might just talk about those topics. And uh, we'll have some more hard-hitting debates and analysis for you. Um, so that's going to basically wrap it up the majority of our show tonight. Um, we're going to talk a little bit, and Wes, you're more than welcome to join us. I don't know, do you watch Game of Thrones? Um, no, but I see some stuff on uh, Funny or Die every time, uh, all the time. Um, but I'll, I will listen in, and if I have something to chime in with, I'll chime in with. All right, well, we're going to be taking this down a, a sort of dark road, if you will. Um, we're going to talk <laughs> a little bit about Game of Thrones, but there's there's been some stuff kind of popping up on the internet about it, and it's got it in a little bit of a tizzy, and we're going to talk about that. But it's definitely potentially some uncomfortable themes, so if you want to get out now, this is what we're going to end the show with. Or if you just don't want to be spoilered, because there's going to be spoilers. Um, if you want to get out now, we understand. Thank you so much for watching. Or, oh, God. It's a long night, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Episode 1 of the All-New Sports Show, the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope to be bringing it to you every week here through the rest of the summer and into the fall as well. So thank you so much to Kelsey Puckett for joining us here. Uh straight off the graduation train got her diploma and she coming on hopping on us doing a great job and thank you so much of course wes being the great co-host that you are thank you so much to both i'm edward green and we will hear you and talk to you next time so if you're still with us and i don't know why you would be but um, you're you're gonna now listen to some Game of Thrones, um, Kelsey. I believe you're the only person among the three of us who actually watches it. I follow along from a distance. I know things that have happened, uh, the big events. Um, but really, the biggest thing that has obviously happened the last couple weeks is uh, some depictions of rape on the show. Uh, that has caused uh. the internet to get into a bit of a tizzy. Um, there was an article, in fact, in the New York Times. Uh, just a couple days ago, that uh, where George R. R. Martin, the writer of all the Game of Thrones books, as well as I believe he also has a big hand in the show, um, it, he, he's been talking about it. The producers of the show have been talking about it. This has been a fair lightning rod issue, and I'm curious, since it's happened the last two weeks, the one I, I know happened two weeks ago was, was also between a brother and sister correct? Uh, uh yes. Lannister <laughs> and her brother Jamie. Um, that was the one that kind of started it, but even last week there was some more. Um, you actually watch it. Give us your takes on it and, and what you were kind of thinking at the time. Okay, well, honestly, it's been kind of weird for me because I watched the first three seasons without um, reading the books, and then after the third season ended, I actually finished all five books over the summer because I thought they were that interesting and I love Game of Thrones that much. So fourth season starts with uh, Jamie and Cersei and their sex is usually consensual and that was a little weird for all of the book readers because it was consensual, that whole scene was consensual in the books and no part of that in the TV show was consensual. She pushed him off several times, was like, no, no, no. Like, not once did she even look like she was enjoying it. It was really awkward, and 
Like, even, like, the makers of the show were trying to say, oh, no, it was consensual towards the end, and I rewatched it again because I had to, and it wasn't. So that's just kind of weird. Yeah, one of the things I was going to say, just reading the articles about it, I, I, I heard some of the quotes the producers were saying, and what they said, how they explained it was, these characters are in a different point in the show than they were in the book when the same scene happens, or relatively the same scene happens. And that's why there's that difference in the tone. My question is then, if there are these different characters, if their characters are fundamentally different enough to this point, is the scene necessary at all then? Um, honestly, I don't think it is, especially because they changed the order in which things happened. Because Jamie was supposed to be coming back to King's Landing uh, and meeting Cersei there at the altar where he there rapes her in the TV series. But in the books, he comes back and, like, it's consensual. And that's the first time they had seen each other and like since he had been in captivity. So the scene wasn't necessary. I thought they were going to cut it out altogether when they had Jamie um, come back earlier. And I just don't understand what their thinking was with it because it just kind of threw a lot of people for a loop. I agree. And I, I, from what I can gather, Game of Thrones seems to be a series that it seems like a lot of women are able to get into. And I don't mean to be like, make this a man-woman thing, but it does seem like it's a, it is a science fiction show that a lot of women have gotten into. Am I wrong on that thinking? Um, well, with my experience, I've actually like seen a lot more guys get into it, and I think it's a little too gory for a lot of girls because like there are like heads chopped off and just really nasty things going on. And plus, I'm sure a lot of girls are uncomfortable with the rape and the amount of sex that's in it. Well, and that's that's what I wanted to ask. Are, if if there are these women that are watching it, do I guess my question is: Do the, is could this hurt the show long run? Like this has obviously become one of the most successful shows on television, a breakout success in its first season, and, and has just been doing gangbusters. Is this something that could actually bring down the show? I mean, even the article, it says, uh, critics of Game of Thrones fear that rape has become so pervasive in the drama that it is almost background noise, a routine and unshocking occurrence. I would honestly agree with that. Like, I don't even notice the rape anymore just because it happens all the time. And that's, yeah, that's pretty bad if you think about it. But I think just overall, like, the whole show you have to ignore that kind of stuff because like sure george r. r martin's just kind of a creepy bastard and you just have to overlook it <laughs> yeah and if you've seen pictures of him he just looks the part yeah <laughs> but i i i wonder if and, and it, there's i think there's a difference at this point in america between like the main character getting his head chopped off at the end of season one, and, and obviously many more characters than that happening to them, and things like the Red Wedding happening, where just everybody getting brutally murdered. I, I feel like almost as a country, we've gone in expecting that kind of thing and being kind of okay. I don't even know if I want to go as far as desensitized, but people who are going to watch this show are okay with that. I feel like rape is still, though, one of those topics that's just 
to me, it's just a little too uncomfortable. And I know you can't totally gloss over it. I know it happens, but I, I feel like in a, in a show like this, you you don't need it. Yeah, I would agree to a certain extent, but when you think about it, and the show is a lot centered around war, and rape is a part of war, like, that's just something that happens, but when it's happening with main characters just for no reason like that, I think you kind of have to step back and take a look at what they're actually doing with it and sending a bad message. Yeah, and, and you mentioned that, and you're, you're totally right. I mean, this if you look back at the Vikings or, or any other group of invaders back in those time period, obviously Game of Thrones is happening in an alternate universe, whatever, but it's basically, to an extent, I think medieval England. I think it would be kind of fair to say medieval to early England. Um, obviously very fictionalized and fantasized, but that's basically the area. You have all these people that when they would conquer other tribes, other places, they'd steal their stuff, kill their men, and rape their women. And that would happen. When it yeah. comes to like this moment, though, th this was a brother and sister. And while it's already creepy a little bit that they're having this kind of a relationship as brother and sister, I think the fact that there, there doesn't need to be rape in this situation. Like if you just have... Uh, some of the fighters going out and taking their enemies' women and doing that to them, yeah, it's still a little disturbing, but it becomes almost understandable in context. This is is not. Yeah, I would totally agree with you. It doesn't make any sense to have it, and just I would hope that the show doesn't keep going with this sort of theme, like moving on, because. It's not a central theme in the books moving on, so it doesn't make any sense for them to have it at all. Yeah, and I think I mean I think they've been able to to get a following and get acclaim without doing that. So they don't they don't need to do something for shock value and ratings. They can do what they were doing, which I, I believe you can attest to is telling great stories and having great characters and just a great setting. And they don't need to resort to something like this. Yeah, I would agree with all of that. It's completely true. They have enough material to work with to not add that for shock value. Just kind of cheapens the show. Yeah, and and I think you know I this is going to be obviously a much desensitized version, but I I don't know. Do you watch a show called The Blacklist on NBC? No, I've heard about it though. Um. Well, about three quarters of the way through the season, the main female agent finds out that her husband is like been basically spying on her and is not really her husband. But when she finds out, the husband doesn't know she's found out. But to try and keep her like close to him, he's like, oh, well, let's renew our vows and it'll be this great big celebration. So they have the celebration. Um, then she has to go out and solve a case and also try to figure out more about him. And she comes back home. And then he comes up to her and is like, hey, you have a hard day, blah, 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 blah. And they're having this kind of tender moment, even though it's creepy, because as the audience, we now know he's basically spying on her. He makes this comment. at the, It's about the end of the show. He says, well, you know what newly married couples do on their first night with the obvious implication, sex. Yeah. But now that you know that he's just a spy and that she knows this, but she's going to have to go along with it anyway to maintain that cover. 
it makes it very unsettling. But they don't show it. Obviously, it's on NBC. But just, I think just even doing that, it's effective enough that you get the message, but it's not graphic enough where it could potentially desensitize you or or demean it, if that makes any sense. Like, I think that if you can, if there's a way to find a balance in this topic, that was kind of it. And, and I think that it didn't need it either, but if you're going to do it, that's probably the way you go about doing it. Yeah, that seems a lot better and more effective way to go through it. Yeah, it still makes your skin crawl, but it's a little more easy to swallow. So that's all we were going to talk about, though, for Game of Thrones. Uh, hope you guys still enjoy it. Hopefully they can tone down that part a little bit and keep up all the great other murderings and, and killings and all the other great stuff. And, um, hey, they just obviously if you take anything else away from Game of Thrones, never go to a wedding. Just, <laughs> just don't do it. But again, we want to thank Wes. Uh, he had to bounce out, but he did had a great night tonight. Uh, Kelsey, thank you so much for joining us here on the pod. Uh, where can people find you on social media? I didn't get to that. Um, I am at Kelsey Puck, K-E-L-S-E-Y-P-U-C-K. On that's my screen name for Twitter, Instagram, like basically any of the social media sites. And um, we look forward to uh, following you on those. And, of course, uh, best of luck to you in your job search and new graduate getting out there in the job world. Hopefully we will be seeing you on TV. And uh, please, when you do, when you do make it big, give the all-new sports show a shout-out. Of course. Thanks for having me on. Of course. And we will see – listen, I'm going to mess this up every <laughs> time. We will be broadcasting you guys again next week. Thank you so much for listening to the all-new sports show. I'm Edward Green. We'll catch you next week. We'll catch you next week.